You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Yeah, I mean, we got upset last year. I mean, that that I think that happens to that's happened to every program um, in throughout the existence of the, the the NCAA tournament, and it's what makes the NCAA tournament. Uh, unique. Uh, what a night last night for the Illinois Fighting Illini, the four seed in the South region, uh, narrowly getting past the 13th seed Chattanooga Mocs. Incredibly, their first ever win over the Mocs. They were 0 uh all time in program history, but they get the win 54 53. And guys, they make a bit of history in this. Uh, they break a streak going back to 1993. That was the last time Illinois trailed at halftime in an NCAA tournament game and came back and won. 14 straight games they had lost when that had happened, uh, but they get it done here. Colfi with another double-double, 17 and 12 in this one. Uh, Brad, this was uh, this was closer than we would have liked, but but you survive in advance. Yeah, there's no question. At the end of the day, if Illinois wins Sunday, you're not going to remember this game. <laughs> you're not going to remember the uh, Chattanooga game. And, you know, you make a run. You've seen teams for years. They ha- they always have to have that scare. Like, it seems like a lot of teams have had a scare, and then they make a run, or – or, you know, maybe they won't, but at, at the end of the day, sometimes people put too much emphasis on a game when the reality is it's a whole new ball game on Sunday. It starts 0-0. you got a different opponent, different matchups, and, and you just have to go come out and play with the energy that maybe they didn't have, and I hopefully they can play a little looser this game. Yeah, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, is you're right. You know, one game doesn't carry into the other. And if I'm a Trent Frazier, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I can't have a worse game than that. I'm going to be like, it's like taking the handcuffs off and I can play freewheeling and have a little bit of freedom feeling like, you know, um, we've, we've hit the bottom. Now let's see how high up we can go. And we know Trent's had, you know, times where he's had rough first half and a good second half. So I see no reason why he can't come out and set the world on fire and make this a much tougher Illini team. You know, what is it about the Brad? You're you're close to the team and, and you're our insider. What is what's going on with the outside shooting right now? Even Indiana. We've talked before the in the Big Ten quarterfinals, Illinois had good looks. I mean, I, I think we all agree that it it wasn't an, a problem of executing the offense. The shots just didn't go down. And we saw some of this last night as well. What how do you fix that in, in the next 24 hours? Well, I guess um you, you know, I can tell you what the guys said. They to a man, they hated the balls they used in the big the Big Ten tournament. They were spaldings, they're not used to those. And then they hated these new balls they have for the NCAA tournament here. So that, that's their excuse. But I think the reality is. It's just not shooting with confidence. Uh, they're shooting with hesitation. They're kind of shooting as a last resort. It's not a coming in rhythm. I think you saw in the second half when Plummer got hot. He was just catching shooting. wasn't thinking. Um, and they weren't passing up shots. Too many times right now they're thinking about a miss instead of thinking about a make. And that really puts you in a bad mindset. And you're going to miss shots when you do that. Yeah, and it even reminds me a little bit of, of a team that's playing not to make mistakes instead of trying to score. And you see that sometimes, you know, when you see a team running an offense, instead of running a back cut, they're just running from position A to position B on the floor, as opposed to looking for the opportunity to make a, you know, to score a basket. And I think the Illini got to play a little bit more freewheeling. And, and like everybody talked before the game, they've got to have a little bit of fun. And that's what basketball is. So go out, score some points, and it's a lot more fun when, you, when you're actually making baskets. And I think the real reason you know that Mike gave them a shooting lesson uh, a couple weeks ago 
and it's all been downhill since then. <laughs> Trust me, right now their <laughs> shot does resemble the results of my shots. Now they look a lot better than when I shoot, but the results are frighteningly similar. Note to self, keep Mike away from the team. The rest of March, <laughs> you can go visit him in the summer. How's that? Uh, but, you know, talking about uh, the offense and, and, and the free-flowing, I think that's where Andre Corbello made a difference because I think Andre, with, with Bello, there is a, there's a, a certain um, ad-lib that comes to his game. And so even though I, I'm, I'm sure the play is supposed to start here and go there and this pass happens, whatever, but he seems to try to see things and create things. And because of that, it seems to make everyone more aware and, and maybe on their toes, maybe a little more into it. I mean, am, am I, am I reading too much into that? No, I think the, the ball moves, you know, he comes off there. He, he whether it's dribble handoff coming off a ball screen, you know, he gets the ball moving. He, he gets uh, penetrates, he gets into the lane. And when you get in the paint, it really breaks down defenses. And, and then, then you have shooters spotted up. Um, you know, you have guys rolling, you have guys diving to the rim and, there's so many different things that happen. And I think um, that's one of the keys that Carbello does. And I thought Illinois missed a lot of shots off his penetration, wide open looks. I mean, there was one from Plummer. I remember distinctly he was 20 feet away from a guy. And then there was one with Kofi caught a foul. He didn't even know it was going to come. And, and, he, and he ended up, Coleman got the tip in, I think, after Kofi missed it. But he yep. was shocked when he got the ball. Yeah. And, and how he sees a couple of those passes that he got to Coleman Hawkins you know, first off, to even see that that Hawkins is is open, and then to throw and execute the lob the way he does, I mean that turns that turns just a simple sprint down the, the court into a dagger that you can you can nail uh, the other team with. And I really would like to see them push the ball just a tad more than they are right now because that gives you the open shot occasionally, and sometimes that's what you need to get your confidence in shooting is just a couple open looks. Uh, or layups to get things rolling. Yeah, 54-53, the final score again. Illinois last night, the four seed. They eliminate the three seed, Chattanooga Mocs, and move on to Sunday's uh, round of 32. And needing to get this win to finally get back to the Sweet 16 for the first time again since 2005. And one thing I think that I don't want anyone to lose, I know you guys agree with me, but I don't want our audience to lose on this, is that, yeah, this was an ugly game. And, yeah, they didn't leave for the first 39-30 of the game. But they found a way to win, and there are some teams like Iowa, like Kentucky, that didn't find a way to win in the clutch. And, and you have to count that for something, even though the style points might not have been there. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to win. Like, we're not, we're not going to care how they won yeah. as long as they win the next game. And then you go on to the next Sweet 16. It's the same thing. If you keep winning, and in, five game, in the next five games, they win five more times, no one's going to care whether it was ugly, pretty, um, whether, you know, it was uh, the, the best thing I've ever seen or the where your eyes are bleeding. If you end up with more points than the other team, it's a dub. Yeah, the best example of that is Michigan in 1989 beating Illinois in the Final Four. That wasn't pretty. Led to a national title. And the bottom line is, is let's, let's flip the narrative then. Instead of the fact that they didn't lead for, you know, 39-30, how about the, the, the Illini team was down by uh, 14 points and they found a way to win? Because that's what happened as well. Yeah, I agree. They came back twice. And let's not forget there was a team back in 2000 that won its opening round game on a tip by one. They were a five seed. They advanced all the way to the title game. 
the Florida Gators, and that began the uh, uh, the run of Billy Donovan that a few years later ended up in back-to-back national championships. Anything's possible. You just got to stay in the game in Illinois now in the round of 32. Quick timeout right here. We've got a lot more to talk about here in the second hour of the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Glad you're with us. We're powered by IlliniGuys.com and heard on the Illini Guys radio network. Right back here, a lot of guys, Sports Spectacular, mid-March. And, you know, we spent a lot of time here talking about, uh, obviously, uh, basketball and football. But um, if, if you're not tuned in to Illini Golf, you really should be. Um, our guest right now is Mike Small, the architect of this program, uh, 22nd year as, uh, as, as head coach of the, uh, of the men's golf program. Of the last 12 years, 11 Big Ten championships, uh, multiple trips to the NCAA championships, and he's talking to us right now from Tucson, Arizona, where the team is taking part in the National Invitation Tournament. Uh, Mike, welcome to the Sports Spectacular. Good morning, Larry. It's always great to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you as well. Tell us right now about, well, first, let's talk about where you are now. Um, the National Invitation Tournament, there is an NIT in basketball as well. Is that similar where it's just what it sounds? They only invite kind of the top teams to this, right? Yeah, I think it may it may have turned out to sound the same, but I did, they've had this event for a long, long time. And this was one of the biggest events in college golf back in the day, um, maybe 20, 30 years ago, even when I played. And um, uh, to get a chance to come out in the desert in March, a lot of teams like that opportunity to come out and get some good weather. And now with the national championship being held in um, in Scottsdale for the next two years, a lot of teams like to come out, play this event anyway, spend time out here playing in the desert, getting used to the different kind of golf that it is. And the event has continued its strong field and strong attraction. I think this week the, the three top teams in the country are in the field. And I think maybe eight of the top 25. So um, it's a good test for us this time of year. But we come out, obviously, for the field, the history of the event, but also, uh, you know, to play, play some more golf in the desert. How, how cool was it then when you first, because you guys have been there for several years. How, what was it, must have been a neat feeling when you first got the call uh, to be a part of this event years ago. Yeah, you know, we've been fortunate the last few, you know, probably 15 years to, 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 to uh, be one of the top teams in the country every year. The guys have ended up and, and delivered what we wanted to, to, make, to make this program be. So since that's happened, uh, we get invited to a lot of events. And it's kind of nice to have the opportunity to pick and choose and, you know, kind of figure out where we want to go. Uh, but to be invited to these events, that, you know, there's a lot of events that we don't go to that we can't fit them into our, our days of competition allotment that we're incidentally you know, governed by. But in order to, just, to, to get invited to these events is a big deal. And then, um, um, you know, to choose them, you, you choose them for different reasons. And like I said a minute ago, um, but to get invited to these events, to be considered for all the events in the country is something this program is, is very proud of, humbled by, um, not expecting every year. We know we got to work for it every year. But um, um, we always like to schedule these events to have some, you know, like I said, some extra productivity involved in them. Those of us who who love golf are are just slightly or maybe overly envious uh, that you get, that's your life and a chance to go out and, and play all these great courses. Now I know earlier this week you spent some time with the team. You guys were in Scottsdale um, playing and getting ready. Obviously, it's you know a little chilly in Champagne right now. Uh, did you get a chance to play the courses where the NCAA championship is is going to be played? We did. We did. That was also part of the part of the trip out here. You know, back home, we're not outside playing golf yet. The courses aren't fully opened. So, you know, it's been that way for years for us. It's always that way. Half our season is over before before we can get outside. But again, it's, it's, it's worked out well for us. And um, but we stopped and um, we played a couple times, a couple rounds up at Desert Mountain to knock some rust off. And then we played Greyhawk 
uh, yesterday. Um, just so our new guys can see the golf course. You know, last year we finished top five again. We, uh, we, we made the quarterfinals, got beaten the quarterfinals by Oklahoma. But um, so three of our guys have uh, seen the – four of our six have seen the golf course. Um, two of them had not. So to get them to, to play golf and just kind of get a feel for the, for the, for the venue and how the Valley affects and uh, some holes and get some feeling. Now the course wasn't the same as it's going to be come, um, come May and June. It's going to be a lot firmer, faster, a different kind of golf course, but still layouts obviously the same. So just to see it and get a feel for it was a big deal for us. Yeah, that's nice. I, I remember playing Raptor years ago. Did not fare as well as I'm sure you did or the, <laughs> the team uh, is out there with that. Uh, talk about building this program into into one of the, the premier national programs where you're getting um, you. You're one of those teams that gets a chance to um, to recruit well. And and when you know, when you call people pick up the phone, um, how, what are the challenges been like to to build that um, with Champagne being your base? Obviously, academics are there. No, no question. Uh, but you're not in a warm weather city. Uh, it's it's not like you can go out year round and and just play golf. How's that been a challenge for you in in bringing top players to Illinois? Well, that that is the biggest challenge for teams in the Big Ten. A lot of it is just um, perception, maybe, and we've maybe hopefully broken that perception that you can't have a good team in the North. You know, who would have thought? We started 22 years ago. We wanted to build something special. We wanted to build a program, just not a team every year, every three or four years be good. We want to build something that was consistent and solid and had a great reputation. And now to go with pretty much top five in the country, seven of the last 10 years. Um, I think we're the number one, number two, uh, the last 13 years, an average NCAA finish in the entire country. Um, to be able to do that consistently and, um, you know, produce two individual national champions. It's something that we wanted to do, but we still fight the perception that you can't play you can't get your game better in the north but i think people are starting to see the results obviously by now in our facilities we've had great support by our donors and by uh, uh, alumni uh, people that support our program that we've built some unbelievable facilities on campus that we can actually get better in the winters not having to play golf every day but actually get better and um you know, it's something that uh, we've kind of built a build our brand, um, kind of a tough-minded, blue-collar type of attitude we play under. Kind of fits our our climate, if you will. Um, but then when March rolls around, about right now, the courses are opening back home, and um, we're fresh and ready to go for the for the for the push. March, April, May, and June. Um, like you said, we've been last 15 years. We've been as good as anybody, and um, and so that's something we want to keep going. It's just our it's 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 our it's our mentality. It's our personality. Uh, we, we, we embrace it, um, and it's worked well for us. We're excited to have Mike Small, head coach of the Illini Golf men's team, uh, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Uh, Mike, you're talking about you know, facilities and things back home. Really exciting um, event uh, just a couple of weeks ago with the opening of the, the new facility there, the Atkins uh, Golf Course. Talk about, about that. And um, I remember as a kid, I used to caddy for my grandfather at the DUC Hookers at the, um, uh, the old the, – on the orange course, he didn't like the blue course. He liked playing the orange course. There, <laughs> boy, um, far far cry, and nothing against uh, that course, but uh, certainly this um, provides you a much better facility. Oh, it does. Well, I, I, you mentioned the duck hookers; those, those guys are my favorites. I don't get to see them as much as I used to. I probably need to get out and spend some time with them. But uh, man, there's some good guys. Back when I played at Illinois, it was always fun to go out and hang out with them and and have a coke with them after the round. But uh, the orange was something we played at. You know, Steve Stricker and I played back in the '80s. The orange where we hung our hat every day. Um, but now, obviously, we have three great country clubs in town that we have full access to for our team. And now the Atkins Golf Club, um, formerly Stone Creek, is is going to be our 
our own uh, our own championship golf course. It's going to measure 7,500 yards long. It's going to be a tighter, firmer golf course. It's going to give our guys a chance to play and practice at a golf course that kind of replicates the courses we see every week. And um, again, the, the the generosity of the Atkins family to uh, to turn that over to the university and give us control and kind of do what we want to do with it is going to be great for our program. It's just another step in what we've done over the years of building facilities, you know, on campus, Ron Gunther first started it with when he, when he hired me, we talked about building facilities and building this program 22 years ago. And then to see it grow into the facility we have and the outdoor facility we have the Lords and Rollers outdoor facility, the immersion indoor golf facility. And we just put a, a $2 million addition onto our facility uh, from another great and generous donor. So it's something that uh, we have to do to keep moving forward. A lot of the, uh, the SEC schools and Big 12 schools have indoor facilities now, and they don't even practically need them. But uh, it's become something that um, I, think the, I think the Big Ten, 11 of the 14 teams in the Big Ten have indoor facilities now. So something that we all have that you uh, you know you want to keep getting better and be competitive, but we have to keep improving them and keep growing our facilities, and that's what we've been able to do. Um, obviously a golf coach for you is, is, is year round. I mean, as you mentioned, again, you've got the indoor, indoor facilities and, and um, you know, you don't, you're not dealing with 20 or 80 young men. You've got just a, just a handful of players on your team. So you're able to get that you know, one-on-one experience as, as a coach. Tell us, explain to us how you coach golf during a tournament. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you've, you've got players all over the course. You've got to keep track of how do you go about, I mean, I mean, you once you're out there, the, the shot is the shot. So, and, and you can't be there for every single shot for every single player. So kind of talk us through right. how that process works for you during a, a regular day. Well, that's a great question. And there's a lot of trust involved and a lot of preparation. You do a lot of your preparation, obviously, before you get there, before the tournament starts. The practice rounds are huge. Um, but I tell people, if I was a, to relate, if I was a basketball coach, I'd be the coach that would be sitting on the bench probably more than up running around and yelling you know, box out and rebound because my guys should understand they should know to box out and rebound without me yelling at them. You know, I mean, there's, I think you train them and practice. So, you know, preach a way that it becomes habit. And um, so you have to have a lot of faith and trust. I can't see them all. So when I'm on the golf course, um, you know, to, 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 to work with somebody on the golf swing during the round of golf is incorrect. You want free, quiet, positive minds when they're playing golf, you want them to be relaxed and focused uh, with that comes practice. And, and, uh, you know, and preparation. What I do a lot during a round is I, ma- I manage body language. I manage, I manage emotions. Um, and I, I try to get them in the zone, the level they play the best at mentally, emotionally, and physically. You know, if, they, if they're off a little bit with their setup or their tempo's a little bit off, I'll work with them. But we usually work on golf swing stuff before or after the round, not during it. So when I'm out there walking around, um, when they see me, there should be a comforting feeling. There should be somebody there to support them and help them. It shouldn't be somebody there to critique them and, and get in their ear. Although sometimes you need to raise their level of intensity a little bit. Sometimes they're a little bit off and you got you to get them refocused, maybe a little more assertive way. But um, I'm just kind of walking and seeing as, all five of them as much as I can throughout the round. But I let them play. I let them do their thing because that's what you've trained them to do. And when they graduate from Illinois, I want them to be able to take their game to the next level and you know, learn, take the stuff they learned so they can be self-supportive instead of always having somebody there to make sure that they're doing it right. You know, a lot of the younger players, I think in America now, when something goes wrong, I've said this for a while now, you know, the first thing they do is go to their coach. The second thing they do is go to their video camera. And the next thing that goes, go to their parents for the answer, instead of looking at themselves mm-hmm. and figuring it out. So I think as a coach, the best thing I can do is get them to understand their own games, their own emotions, 
their own tendencies. And so they can make those adjustments during a round of golf, which is golf is it's just a game of adjustments. It's huge. Every time you have, you have a lot of time between shots, you got to get your mind right. You get your focus right. You got to work on the, you know, the, the conditions. You got to understand how they change throughout the day with the wind and the, and the grasses and the, everything else. It's just a, it's an all evolving day. It's a four hour round. So if a coach is in somebody's grill for four hours, it's a little exhausting. So I just kind of let them do their thing. And, um, and we talk a lot after the round, we talk a lot between tournaments and between rounds that they can um, learn to manage themselves. But um, we do a lot of practice round stuff. We talk about how the course should be played. And in, in my opinion, now I don't tell them, I never told a kid in 22 years, I never told a kid what club he has to hit on a shot. I think he has to understand the responsibility that comes with that shot that uh, he's not only playing for himself in college, but for his teammates and his school. So there's added responsibility of choosing the right play and the right shot. Um, and, then, and then when the time comes, they have to make that decision. And then just let them, um, you know, figure out how to get through the round themselves, trying to accomplish the goal of having a successful, adding a successful score to the team score and, and then forgetting about it that night and starting all over the next day. So I'd be a coach that prepares them a lot, um, uh, trust them a lot, but at the same point in time, after the round, if things don't go well, we have to open it up, air it out, so that you know, so they can get better the next day. I would think that that the mental and psychological part of this is really crucial when you're in a, a tournament setting, especially because you're right. If any other most sports, you've got some time in between that you can decompress and and put that away. And but in golf, you're playing three or four days in a row. And yeah, you've got to bury that. That's yesterday and it's, it's a new day. And so you didn't play. Okay. That's, that's yesterday. Let's work on the next day. That's right. That's right. And even smaller than that, it's the next hole. It's the previous, you know, it's the next shot. It's, 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 you know, we take, you know, individually, what, 200 and 200 shots a tournament. And, uh, you know, it comes down to one shot. A lot of times who wins and loses yeah. uh, individually. And as a team, you're taking, you know, eight, 900, eight, 700 shot, whatever it is, so, you know, a tournament and one shot comes down to winning a team championship. So the margin for error is so small. Yet there's a lot of time and, 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 um, uh, you know, ch- you know, challenges involved in that. So it's something that you have to stay in the present and uh, be ready when that time comes to change course and to make some adjustments. And I think that's what good players do. You know, you, you don't go into a tournament in golf thinking you're going to swing the same way every time or the, or your game plan is going to go according to plan. It's like, it always blows up. Something always happens. There's always some adversity a lot of times, obviously during a round of golf, but it happens earlier than you think. And you have to be able to stay the course sometimes, but also kind of maneuver and kind of change direction and, and problem solve when you're out there. And that's the biggest thing young players don't understand is how to problem solve the game of golf. And as a coach, um, you know, in basketball to say, for instance, this is basketball season timeouts, either stop momentum for the other team. Um, you know, some, sometimes you got to call timeout and recalibrate. Uh, in golf, you got to call timeout yourself a lot during the round. You got to reboot. We call it, you got to take a deep breath and kind of re, you know, recycle yourself. And, and, um, as a coach, that's something I can do out there as well. If they're not doing a very good job of that, but my job, my main goal is to teach them how to continue the momentum they have during a good round by staying out of their way, <clears throat> but also to change the momentum if things are going bad and to you know, stop things, turn them around and reboot. So it's, it's a mental and emotional is a big part of the game. You know, we're hitting shots, you know, 65 to, you know, 75 shots around. Um, and the full shots require just as much physical force and speed and timing as any sport, but it's only for a one second. And then you got to recalibrate your mind and your emotions, hit that shot the best you can five minutes later, which is a big testament to the guys how to handle their emotional and mental stability. 
Right. Uh, before I let you go, I'm running out of time, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about, about your game. Uh, it's been a, a treat of mine to uh, bump into you at majors from time to time where you have qualified and you're in the field. Um, how's your game coming and, and uh, what, what are your plans for the summer in terms of uh, uh, going for championships and qualifying for tournaments? Well, thanks, Larry. That's, that's if you're asking that. That's been a big part of my life. Obviously, I wouldn't be coaching at Illinois if I hadn't played the, you know, been a member of the PGA Tour. I really believe that. And having gotten my game to the highest level in the sport and competed there means a lot to me. Um, and I still play. You know, a couple of years ago, I have been three or four. Now, uh, ended up making the playoffs on the Champions Tour as a part-time player and had had I think three top ten. So it's important for me personally to be successful in golf and to do something well that I put so much of my life into. But I am getting older. I'm 56 now. And I noticed this week I played a couple of rounds with the guys on the team that uh, I need to play and practice a little more if I'm going to expect expect the same things out of my game. So I need to uh, have a talk with myself if I'm going to have <laughs> energy to get out and work on my game, which I need to because I want to stay at the level that I've played all these years and have some success. But if I don't, my expectation level has got to come down, which is something I don't want to accept either. So to answer your question, it's in there. It's just not very, uh, it's not out right now. It's, it's, it's hibernating and I need to figure out. <laughs> well, we, we trust that you will. Uh, we will leave it at that. We know that you're busy uh, there in Tucson. I appreciate the time. Uh, Mike Small, we are always big fans of yours, as, as we know. Uh, wish the Illini the best of luck, and not just this weekend, but throughout. And look forward to talking to you again here on the show. Larry, thank you. Keep up the great work. And I know all Illini fans enjoy hearing you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mike Small, head coach of the Yolanda men's golf team. Again, nationally ranked and uh, uh, once again, uh, taking aim at the, another Big Ten championship and NCAA championship later on this summer as well. Stay with us. This is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs and ensuring a legacy for generations building business growing wealth since 1868 proud to be the official bank of the fighting illini member fdic planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business whether it's a leaky roof windows or door worn out siding or paint outdated kitchen bathroom or basement look no further than hx home solutions your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. There's nothing more fun than going boating with friends. We were all out having a good time when all of a sudden, my best friend's hat flew off and without thinking, he jumped in the water to retrieve it. When we turned the boat around, he seemed to be struggling to keep his head above the water. We all started yelling, pull the cord, pull the cord. I pulled the cord and my life was saved. I was wearing a belt type inflatable life jacket, the wisest decision I ever made. Life jackets worn, nobody mourns. Learn more at pleasewearit.com. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We continue here on the Sports Spectacular. Look who's in the house. Uh, he's got a brand-new 10-gallon hat, can barely fit through the door. Um, clearly, he's been out shopping while he's been away from us the past couple of weeks. Kendrick Prince, um, he's, uh, he's a good man, folks. He, uh, he lets us uh, tease him every week when he comes in. 
And uh, he is the director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. And he's, uh, he's got a sack full of goodies, almost like he's Santa Claus today, walking here in the middle of March. Hey, Ken, good to see you. Let's, let's start with uh, the name everyone's talking about uh, around Illini Nation, Sky Clark. He's uh, a highly recruited guard, just decommitted from Kentucky, and immediately Illinois in the mix uh, as a name everyone's talking about that he could wind up in Champaign. Tell us about Sky Clark. Well, Sky Clark is a – if you're one of the guys who are um, into star rankings and, and to where kids rank fall in the top 25, 50, or 100, this kid's a top 30 recruit. He's a five-star basketball player by pretty much all the publications out there. Kid is a, an amazing shooter, and you know that's what Brad Underwood likes. He likes guys that can put the ball in the basket. He likes guys that can defend who are just tough, tough guys. And when you see his game and you watch him play – that's exactly what he is. And on top of the fact that he's a high-profile recruit, you know, um, it's good because it shows you where the program is headed and what direction. So with Sky Clark, Brad, there's a lot of programs across the country who are interested in a player of that talent. Uh, who's the competition and what type of time frame is he looking at? Yeah, I think with Sky, Illinois um, has gotten a lot of, you know, push with him and, and people have been talking a lot about him. Um, I know Gonzaga has put the best foot forward for him. North Carolina is another one. And there are a lot of schools, I mean, that have reached out to him, but those seem to be the three that I've heard um, the most. I think the, the thing about him is you're looking at post Geico nationals for him to maybe take a visit or two um, after Geico nationals high school event that's ending will end right around the, the final fourth. I think right after that, he'll take a couple visits and then he'll make a decision um, at, at that time. So, you know, teams will have some time. They'll end their season. They'll find out who's in their transfer portal too. And, and they'll kind of go from there. But I think Illinois is in a really good position there to have an opportunity to get a visit from him. That, that, that is incredible, especially when you think about the quality of the class that is already committed and signed to come to Illinois. Um, the first guy that comes to mind is Ty Rogers, who is a huge win for Illinois, as not only does he come and help Illinois get better, but he doesn't go to Michigan State and help Tom Izzo build an opponent for Illinois. Um, what, did, what are your thoughts about Ty, Brad? Yeah, I, I really like Ty. I think he's a six, seven versatile wing. He's a guy who can, you know, slash. He's a great passer, rebounds, block shots, tremendous defender, can defend one through four. So he gives you that versatility on the wing. And I know, I know Ked uh, was down uh, spying on him and seeing where he's been. And Ked was, Ked was telling us, what did you say, Ked? He's been, a, he's been around the Champaign campus quite a bit. Yeah, he has been. I mean, um, he was at the Illinois-Iowa basketball game a couple weeks ago, and he's been coming down there to work out on his own. He's been down there with some of the, his maybe uh, future teammates. Uh, I just really, really like this kid. I mean, I just – when you, you know, talk about guys that are just the new term that people are using today are dogs. And that's a compliment for those who are, you know, listening. They, he has that mentality because he's just a tough, tough minded kid. And for a kid to be from Michigan and to move to Illinois for one year, he is really bought into this program. I mean, he really believes that Illinois is the perfect place for him because of how he plays. Brad, you're exactly right. He's going to come in, and I think he's going to make a difference early because of how tough he is. You know, and, and then we have Jaden Epps, who we can see doing incredible things on Twitter when you look at his highlights. Brad, what is he going to bring to the table uh, for next year? 
Yeah, you've seen this, uh, you know, he's got a, hit a game winner the other day in his kind of state series thing they have for out in North Carolina and uh, scored 27 of his team's 49 points. He's just a score, 6-1, or they can just get buckets. He gets scores from all three levels. Um, he's also there. You'll see games, too, where he decides, well, I'll just score 10 or 12 and dish out seven or eight assists. So he's a guy who just really can can control a team, run a team as a lead guard and, um, you know, and get buckets. I mean, he finishes at all three levels. He's a great finisher at the rim. He can finish. He, he does different types. He, I always say he has a great layup package where he can score with either hand around the rim. And then and he's got the mid-range floater. And then, of course, he can shoot the three. So really special talent there in Jaden Epps on the offensive end. Ked, how does he look to you when you watch his highlights? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't know what the future is going to hold, who's coming back, who's leaving. But I'll tell you what, that's one kid they're going to have a hard time keeping off the court because exactly what Brad just said. He scores at all three levels. He, to me, is a Cheshire Frazier with an offensive game. No knock against you, Coach Frazier. But this kid is just <laughs> an outstanding basketball player. He really and truly is, and he's confident, which is what I think, you know, the program needs. And, again, I know, you know, keeping him off the court because he can shoot it. And, you know, he's six one, six two, maybe at the most. But he, he's able to get through and to the rim, and he's able to finish above guys that are four or five inches taller than him. Wow, that was a, a quite a compliment for Coach Frazier there, uh, Ked. You you guys will be chatting about that, I'm sure, soon. Um, <laughs> the, the other the other gentleman is, of course, Sincere Harris, who went to the same high school as a gentleman by the name of LeBron James, and uh, last year was teammates with Malachi Branham, who's had a great year for Ohio State. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on Sincere? Yeah, Sincere's an electric athlete. They're playing in the state tournament uh, this weekend, actually, uh, at St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Is. Um, they are. He's a dynamic athlete, you know, left-hander. He can finish with either hand. Um, he, he actually is probably more of a, a point guard, maybe, than, than even Epps because of his ability to distribute. Um, and he's got, you know, his shot isn't what he's known for because he out-athletes people so much and being 6'4 and long. But he's, uh, he's definitely a guy who can get to the rim and finish. Uh, and he's got a good enough outside shot to to score if you if you back off him. The games that I've seen him play in the film, one word comes to mind. Well, two, confident and arrogant, and that's a compliment to him. He is extremely arrogant, and you know when I look at some of his social media, I mean, and that's a good trait. I mean, he lets people know that he is the man. And what I do like about him, he's left-handed, but sometimes you can't tell. You know, I watched him play against LeBron James' son in the basketball tournament. Um, out, out in Los Angeles, and he was double and triple team, and he still thought he was the best player on the floor. I think you need guys like that. And so, and I know Coach Frazier is just in love with him for that reason alone. So, you know, this roster may look a lot different next year, but I think people are going to be happy because this group won't be pushed around at all. That's good to hear. Now, another term that we've heard, and Brad, I'd love for you to define this for uh, us, is we keep hearing the word preferred walk-on and a lot of folks don't know what that is and then maybe you can talk about a recruit who would fall into that category yeah preferred walk-on is a player that has been given they're not going to be on scholarship they're a walk-on but there's a preferred walk-on so they're guaranteed a spot on the team they don't have to go to tryout they are given a, a, a spot to be on the bench um, maybe on the court, who knows? We've seen that happen before. But uh, one guy from Glen West, Glenbrook West, one of the best teams that I've seen in a long time, uh, winning the state title. And one of their players, Paxton Morden, who is a six foot four 
shooting guard in that class. He's going to be a preferred walk-on at Illinois. And um, as uh, uh, Brett Underwood uh, looks at him as a, a net ripper, uh, he's a guy who just gets buckets. He scored 19 in the state title game. So he's a nice addition. You get walk-ons like that, man, you're, you're doing something right with your program. I got to watch him in the state tournament, and I was impressed because, like Brad said, the kid can shoot it, um, which is nice to have. And you know what? When you're able to get walk-ons like that in your program, even in football, that tells you where you are and that you're established and that you've now developed some depth and you can bring in quality kids like that to hopefully develop who may be able to contribute when they're junior or senior. Well, that is a fantastic update. This is the only th- this is the type of stuff you get on IlliniGuys.com. There's nowhere else that you're going to find out about what's going on behind the scenes in Illinois sports, like what you get from Brad and Ked. Uh, Larry, what a, what, a, what a bunch of information. I took a ton of notes on this one. Great stuff. I got one question. We had 20 seconds left here. Um, that's that we know the guys already committed. They they have a spot. Uh, Illinois right now is one over the scholarship limits. We'll get more into this uh, a bit later. But my question is, how many current Illini do you think may transfer out? Uh, Ked, let's start with you. Your thoughts, and then Brad. I can see me personally transferring out. I think there's possibly three. Not mentioning any names, but I I see three. I think Brad Underwood's averaged three transfers out every year, so it wouldn't shock me to see two to three. Okay. All right. And we'll leave it at that. All right, fellas. Hey, Ked, watch out in that new 10-gallon hat on your way out. Don't, don't, hit, the, don't hit the side of the, the thing there. Does that thing get any larger? Th- th- Always. It's got to get big enough to, to fit my big head. <laughs> Amazing. Kedrick Prince, going to ride off in the sunset now, and we'll talk to him next week uh, on the recruiting roundup. Kedrick Prince is the director of recruiting. Uh, for IlliniGuys.com. Stay with us. Quick time out. Much more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. This is the Sports Spectacular, and we are joined by the Illini gal, Adelia McKenzie, who uh, this week is on on break. Adelia, what's it been like to not have class all week? It's been good. I've been having a lot of free time. I'm at home. I'm at home in Minnesota right now, so I've been having fun with my family. But I sure don't miss doing schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> don't mean I'm not gonna. Okay, listen. We won't tell your teachers that you said that. Your professors. We won't let them know that you don't miss them. Um, yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked a little bit last week. The season had just ended. Now that you've had some time to to kind of catch your bearings a little bit, what are your thoughts on on your freshman season at Illinois? I. I thought my season went well. It was a really good experience. Um, just learned a lot throughout the season, and I got better as a player in person. Just grew a lot. So what are some things you feel like you need to work on here in the offseason that you'll focus on? Just my perimeter shot and being a consistent shooter. Like It's one thing to like know you can hit the shot, but on a consistent basis, I just want to get really comfortable with just shooting the three. Yeah. 
Well, I know you and I were talking in the commercial break. Uh, we were talking a moment ago about the NCAA tournament, both tournaments going on. Uh, the Illinois men's team, the, the four seed right now, and uh, playing Chattanooga on uh, on Friday. Tell us about. Give us your thoughts on on the Illini men. I mean, I know you're you guys know all know each other. You're all friends, and and um, you guys uh, talk and get together. But give us your thoughts on how the season's gone for the Illini men. Yeah, I watched like a few games. I watched a lot of games actually of the men's, and I loved them. Like they're a really good team. They push the tempo well. They have really good defense. Um, I mean, they all can score, which is good. I, I love their offense. Yeah, I love watching them play. Do you um, find yourself, in terms of just from a you know an analytical? you know, mind considering you're in the game, you're a division one college basketball player as well, watching like how they run certain sets and how they execute. Do you get that much into it? Yeah, I do. I'm like, sometimes when I watch the game, I'm like, oh, don't do that. Do this. <laughs> you know, that's just like the basketball. It grew in me. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, when they, when there's a play that doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, like those of us on the outside, we don't know. But you being on the inside, being a part of this every day, you would know that, oh, that person made the wrong turn or that was the wrong pass. And do you find yourself doing that as well? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I feel like a commentator. <laughs> Maybe you have a future in that. that that's possible. Well, tell us, yeah. what, do you, what do you see? Um, obviously, we're, we're, we're talking before the Chattanooga game. What do you see happening in this opening round game in Pittsburgh with the Illini? Yeah, I always think they're going to win because I know there's been many games like I think the Iowa game, they were down at one point and they came all the way back up. So whether they're down or up, they they know how to grind and get in the game and stay in the game or even win the game. But I think this game is definitely theirs for sure. They just have to just make sure they execute well on offense and defense. I know sometimes everyone turns the ball over, but I know sometimes we have like turnovers that are like, uh, unforced and those unforced turnovers are the worst because they lead to a bucket or just a waste of possession so I just think take care of the ball and just get buckets they'll be good <laughs> yeah yeah were you at that Iowa game when they clinched the Big Ten title no I wasn't but I watched it okay and you were and I was so tense <laughs> <laughs> were you screaming <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad that, um, what, number 24? The Murray? Yes. Uh, yes. That he missed Murray. that last shot. Yes. Yeah, in and out. And uh, one of the shots that will go down in Illinois history. And what a moment uh, that was to see Trent going back down the court and and, and how that has gone, uh, his career. Does this team, the men's team, give you kind of a blueprint on how to even – shape your own approach when you look at like Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams and where that program was when they came on the campus as freshmen and they walk off campus now as big 10 champions. Do you think about that? And, and is that something that's kind of on your mind as you um, shape your own career? Yes. I actually bring that up a lot to other people and like my team, like when coach Brown Underwood got here, they weren't this good. And it, took time and now they're like one of the best teams in the country so it's just a matter of like everybody being locked in and on the court you just see like 
brotherhood. They work well together. They all work hard. They just have an aggressive approach to the game. And like, if the women's team can do that, and like the coach Brown, he's such a good coach. Like I've watched one of their practices before. Oh my gosh, he's he's amazing. The way he gets on them, he makes sure they're doing their best. And if he sees that that's not the best, he gets on them. But yeah, they have a great team. And just knowing that they were at a low point and now they're at one of the highest points, I know like it's possible for us too. That's very cool. You know, the um, the Illini um, finished the season ranked 19th, and he mentioned they're a four seed right now, a little bit under where they would like to be. But I like that they they didn't show any emotion Sunday. They just were like, you know what, that's who we have to play. We're just going to go play this. A lot of injuries on this team. Talk to us from, from Europe from a player perspective in terms of um, a key player on, on a major team um, that a lot has counted on you. How does that change the dynamic of what you guys are able to to prepare for how you practice and how you play when you constantly have people in, who are not in the mix and they're sitting out because of injury or, or other reasons. Yeah. When you have one of your best players out, <clears throat> that's like a key pointer to winning games, you know, and that's just how it is in basketball. Like if LeBron was out, it's not really a good thing because we need him to win. But when you have players step up, like, I know, like, Alfonso and Trent, you know, you have some of the freshmen step up when Cabello was out and with Omar stepping up when Kofi was out. It's kind of like you have to have people step up, and I think the men did a great job with stepping up and making sure they still play as hard and they don't let that affect them. But from a player standpoint, being not being able to play and you know, like, you can help a team and you know you just – are one of the best players is hard to watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think the men's team did a really good job of like bouncing back and getting their players back and stuff, but it does change the dynamic, but it doesn't change much if you have everybody locked in and just step up. Right. Right. Well, we know that uh, you are wearing your orange and blue up in Minnesota with your family as you root on the team, um, safe travels back to campus. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you. All right. She's Adelia McKenzie. Remember the Fighting Illini women's basketball team and always uh, now and forever uh, an Illini gal. That's uh, that's that's how we know her. Adelia McKenzie. Always good to have her on the show. Stay with us. We'll wrap up the Sports Spectacular. After this, you're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF on-call urgent care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. 
Just a few minutes left here on the Sports Spectacular. Once again, time flies. You're having fun. Fellas, uh, big stuff in the NFL this week. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty excited about my Raiders getting Devontae Adams. Sure Best receiver in football. Derek Carr can, you know, he, he's got it, got his guy now. Got his go-to guy. And you got to wonder, what's Green Bay thinking? Like, they sign Aaron Rodgers, then they give away his best wide receiver. I don't get it. Yeah, well, you could be like the Cowboys and try to sneak in language on Randy Gregory and have him decide not to sign with you and turn around and sign with somebody else. Another classic move by Jerry. Um, And, of course, obviously, you know, the NFL is crazy when you have Tom Brady unretiring after such a long uh, retirement. Hopefully he'll be able to get back into shape. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's able to or not. So, I mean (laughs) – I've, I've seen longer retirements uh, from video game systems by kids than Tom's retirement from the NFL. So that's how bad that was. Uh, Major League Baseball, some some big moves as well. I mean, some names, you know, hard to think of uh, Freddie Freeman in a Dodger uniform, but he is leaving Atlanta and going back to Cali. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Dodgers, they, they're really struggling with their uh, their squad, you know, only have about a $5 billion payroll. So <laughs> they, they, they're, they're trying to get by, though. It's tough. I, that, that's one of the best lineups I've seen in, in a long time, Major League Baseball, that they're going to roll out there. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it's almost like the the, Stein, the George Steinbrenner Yankees have been reincarnated in L.A. Um, we'll see if he has what type of success he has, because the 80s, the Steinbrenner uh, Yankees didn't have nearly the success they had in the 70s and then in the Cashman 90s. Yeah, uh, baseball, uh, again, the money out there. Hey, you know, thankfully they got these things worked out because these were just, uh, there was hundreds of millions of dollars just waiting to be thrown out once you finally figured out the, how you're going to divide it. Uh, back to college basketball. Of course, it's a big uh, weekend. Um, uh, Sweet 16 is, is here upon us. If you are John Calipari, how do you correct things in Kentucky, guys? Uh, worst season last year since before the Great Depression and then your first uh, first round exit in more than a decade. Man, it's tough. I mean, it's not like they didn't have the talent. You know, you got the national player of the year. You've got a guy who's probably, you know, a first-round pick in Ty Ty Washington. You've got some elite athletes. I mean, they're they're loaded with talent. They just didn't get it done. Um, you know, so I, I think the biggest thing is you have to have, you know, guard play wins, and they turned it over too much. And and at the end of the day, you, you, no matter how good your big guy is, your guard's got to play. Yeah, and if I'm a NIL contributor to Kentucky and I've laid down big bucks for this basketball team. And I got, you know, uh, a team that goes out in the first round to a 15 seed. I am, you know, calling up the athletic director and telling him that we need Billy Donovan or someone of that level to coach the team. I'm tired of throwing good money after bad. And I think I, I would want somebody other than John Calipari. Well, and that's the thing that, that, that a lot of social media buzzed in BBN this week about he was he, he very cheerfully proclaims that he tweaks things going into the NCAA tournament. And a lot of people uh, Thursday night during that loss saying, untweak it, untweak it. This isn't working. <laughs> Stop with the tweaking. So uh, the issue's down at BBN. Hey, we got to get going here in the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. Thanks to everyone who stopped by, and uh, we always appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming by and joining us as well. Be sure to join us on IlliniGuys.com for complete pregame and postgame coverage with all Illini basketball. We'll see you same time next week. Go Illini! ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. 
We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.